Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. You know, the truth is I wished I was Superman. Um, I wished, as hard as it would be, I've discovered that it would be really hard to find a phone booth to get into now because nobody has phone booths anymore. But I just kind of wished I was Superman, that at the moment that I'm distressed and at the moment that I'm facing crisis and the moment that things are going wrong in my life, I could just find the nearest uh, phone booth and disappear and put on tights and a cape and walk out and face life with extreme courage and confidence. Uh, you know, I know some of you run around your house in tights and cape all the time, but it would help if, if we actually had the confidence and the strength and uh, the ability to face down all crisis without blinking an eye. But the truth is this morning is that we're not Superman, and we're not Superwoman, and we're not even Catwoman or Aquaman or any superhero for that matter. We're just regular folks trying to live a life. The dilemma in that is that uh, in, if you haven't figured it out, in this world that we're living in, there are days that are tough. The truth is this morning is that we face a scary world. We certainly sc face scary times. And on most days, we even come face to face with scary people. Don't look to your right or left right now because I think you're talking about them. We face scary people. Tough situations, tough circumstances. You know, the truth is this morning is that we know about the power of God and we, we know about the power of prayer and we sing nothing is impossible with you and you got it all under control and my life is in your hands. And we sing all that stuff, but if we're honest, most of us a lot of times still are filled with panic and fear and confusion and uncertainty. Maybe you're not there, but there are still days that this thought goes through my head. Is the other shoe going to drop? Y'all ever heard that statement? Y'all know what I'm talking about? There's this, this impending doom. You're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Something's got to go wrong. Or maybe the thought that goes through your mind is this one. I just don't know if I can make it through this. Or maybe your thought that goes through your head is I'm not sure I can face another day. Those kind of thoughts are a reality for us. Even though we know about the power of God, even though that we know about the power of prayer, if we're not careful, we allow this feeling of dread or concern or discouragement. You understand that the word dis means lack of or minus, discourage. It is a lack of courage. If we're not careful, we come to this place in our walk, in our daily existence, where we're discouraged. If there was ever one character that understood what it's like to feel this way, it would have to be this character. Why, you're nothing but a great big coward. You're right, I am a coward. <laughs> I haven't any courage at all. I even scare myself. <laughs> Look at the cycles under my eyes. I haven't slept in weeks. <laughs> Why don't you try counting sheep? That doesn't do any good. I'm afraid of them. <laughs> Your Majesty, if you were king, you wouldn't be afraid of anything? Not nobody. Not know-how. Not even a rhinoceros? Imposterous. How about a hippopotamus? Why, I'd trash him from top to bottom. Supposing you met an elephant? I'd wrap him up in cellophane. What if it were a brontosaurus? I'd show him who was king of the forest. How? How? Courage. What makes a king out of a slave? Courage. What makes the flag on the mast away? Courage. What makes the elephant charge his tusk in the misty mist or the dusky dusk? What makes the muskrat guard his musk? What makes the Sphinx the seventh wonder? Courage. What makes the dawn come up like thunder? Courage. What makes the hot and top so hot? What puts the apron apricot? What have they got that I ain't got? Courage. Courage. You could say that again. 
What do they have that we ain't got? Courage. Courage. Um, we need courage. The truth is, is that without courage, we're in bad shape. We, Jesus said it like this. He described a group of individuals in the New Testament, and he, he basically described our day and age. He said, in the last days, men would lose heart. Think about that phrase just a moment. Keep that phrase in your mind. Jesus said, in the last days, men will lose heart. Now, granted, we're not the first group of individuals in history who had no courage. In fact, if you can go throughout Scripture and you find out that there were many people who had no courage. But probably the one uh, Bible scenario that deals with courage more than any other. And when you start talking about courage, it's like we always reference this one. But I think it's a good place to start this morning. Because if you go back into the Old Testament, you come into uh, this place in the Bible in Joshua where we read about an individual who had no courage. In Joshua chapter 1, I want you to look there. Maybe we can learn how to become dis-discouraged. Y'all get that later. Dis-discouraged. It's what we're shooting for this morning. In Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 and 5 through 9 says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Son of Nun, Moses' minister, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now arise, take his place. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land which I am giving to them, the Israelites. Every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread, tread that have I given to you as I promised Moses. Verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. Courage there literally means to take heart. Think about that just a moment. Jesus said in the last days men would lose heart. God is saying to Joshua, you got to learn how to take heart. Be strong and of good courage, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only you be strong and very courageous, that you may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Courage you got to understand the setting. You understand that God has this uncanny ability to overstate the obvious. The, the, the statement that he makes is not that earth-shattering to us, and we may not even understand the implications of it. It doesn't seem to be that profound of a statement. But in the lives of Joshua and the children of Israel, the statement that he makes is extremely impacting to them. He makes one statement. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Big deal. One man gone. Do you understand what that meant for the children of Israel and for Joshua on that day? I think that one simple statement, Moses, my servant, is dead, caused chills to run up and down the spine of Joshua and caused him to shake in his boots because in, in reality, what had just taken place was their map was gone. Their direct pipeline to God was gone. Their direct pipeline to answers was gone. Their direct pipeline to provision was gone. Their direct pipeline to water in the desert was gone. Their direct pipeline to manna in the morning was gone. Everything that they had known was gone in one moment. Moses, my servant, is dead. I think if Joshua is anything like us, I think he was probably extremely discouraged. Not only all that, now they stand on the prefaces, I can't even say it now, of crossing the Jordan, taking new territory. But to take new territory, you have to fight new battles, and you have to come up against new obstacles, and you've got unknown and uncertainty, and all of that is waging against you all at the same time. And right in the middle of that, God says, Moses, my servant, is dead. I think Joshua was ready to duck and run. I think he tucked his tail between his legs and started pouting. I think he was discouraged. 
May I remind you this morning that Moses had already been told by God that he would not be allowed to enter the promised land? Y'all remember that? You remember why, don't you? Because he disobeyed. God said, speak to the rock. Moses got mad and struck the rock. And so God says, you know what? You're not going to be able to enter the promised land. Do you understand by that statement that if Moses had remained alive, that an entire nation, over a million people strong, would have been subject to staying in the desert the rest of their life? They could never go into the promised land until Moses was dead and gone and off the scene? I wonder how many of us are discouraged by what we should be thankful for. Think about that a moment. Joshua gets word that Moses is dead and becomes discouraged when instead he should have been thankful. Not that he didn't miss the memory of Moses. Not that he wanted Moses off the scene. But he should have been thankful because of the realization we can never become what we're supposed to become. We can never fulfill our destiny. We will never taste of the promise until this... Man is gone. This thing that's holding us back. I wonder how many of us weep over things that God has done with, discouraged by what is God, God has done with because they, they make us comfortable, but they cause us to forfeit our destiny. We should be thankful. What or who are we hanging on to that is keeping us from moving forward because they become our security blanket and we're comfortable in those things and with those people. We become comfortable with the known. We don't like the unknown. We certainly don't like change, and that's what Joshua was facing at this moment. He was, he was facing uncertain times. Don't, don't you see us in this story? Listen to what they faced and see if it doesn't sound like what we're facing now. Uncertain times. Their social standing was at stake. Their finances were at stake. Their living arrangements were at stake. Their national security was at stake. And I think Joshua was discouraged. God tells Joshua that, in, in effect, it is possible to be faced with all of these scenarios which we're facing right now and still be able to operate in courage. You can face uncertain times. You can face uncertain social standing. You can face uncertain finances. You can face uncertain living arrangements. You can face uncertain national security. You can face the swine flu. You can face anything that you can possibly imagine. And God says you can still operate in courage. I want us to look at this account again. I think there's some lessons that Joshua and this this dialogue with God teaches us about courage. And then I think it also teaches us how we operate in courage how do we get courage let's learn the lessons first the first thing that i would learn from this account is this that courage and strength are not the same things they are not the same things you you don't necessarily get courage just because you're strong if you get courage because you're strong then the lion and the wizard of oz should have been the most courageous person on the face of the earth because he's the king of the jungle he's the most ferocious he's the fiercest he's vicious he should be courageous but instead he's a coward even though he's strong he has no courage and some of you sitting in this room are strong folks some of you sitting in this room have the ability to strong your way through but the reality is, is even though you're strong that does not mean that you're not operating in lack of courage and what God says to Joshua is you got to have both he says be strong which the word there means determined, but then he comes right behind it and says, not only do you need to be determined, you also need to have courage. It's not an either or. Being strong is not just enough by itself, and even being courageous is not just enough by itself. You need both. It's not a and or. It is a both. You've got to have both strength and courage. Strength won't get you through. Your strength will run out. Do you understand me this morning? It doesn't matter how strong you think you are. There will come a day when your strength will run out. You've got to have some courage to go along with it to cause you to be brave in the the face of impossible circumstances and situations. So the first thing is that we cannot just think because we're strong, we don't need courage. In fact, I would say say this to you, that if you don't have any courage, then your strength is really no good you got to have courage. The second thing that I think it teaches us this, if 
there is good courage because in the King James it says be of good courage. And what I read to you says be of good courage. If there is good courage, then there must be bad courage. I know that's a huge logical leap there. Y'all stay with me this morning. Wake up. There, if there's good courage, there must be bad courage. Right? Is it just me that caught that? I, I don't think I'm that smart. Come on. There, be of good courage. So I think what we're being taught is that when we start talking about our courage, we must base our courage on the right things. If, if we take courage in the wrong things, then we are determined to be defeated. We are destined to be defeated. We've got to have good courage. The psalmist understood that. He said, hey, there's some bad courage out there. He said it like this. Some put their trust in chariots and some put their trust in horses. I got news for you. Chariots will fail. It doesn't matter how strong your little buggy is. Someday your buggy wheels will fall off. It doesn't matter how many chariots you think you've got. You will come up against an enemy one day that has more chariots than you have. And so he says, some put their trust in chariots. And then he comes back and he says, some put their trust in horses. I don't care how fast your horse is or how strong your horse is or how much faith you put in that horse. There will come a day when that horse will break down. And so he says, no, 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 I don't put my trust in chariots and I don't put my trust in horses. I put my trust in God. There is good courage, so there must be bad courage. And if we put our courage in people or other things other than God, we have bad courage. So we have to come to this place where we put our courage in the right place. Appropriate courage is courage appropriately placed. Say that fast three times. Appropriate courage is a courage appropriately placed. We have to put it in a sure thing. What's a sure thing? Well, Paul tells us what a sure thing is. He tells us what our source of courage should be. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, listen very carefully. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. This morning, I want to tell you, if you're placing your trust in anything other than God, if you're placing your trust in people, if you're placing your trust in your job, there will come a day when your job will end. If you're trusting and putting all your faith in the stock market, there has come a day and will be another day when the stock market will plunge. If you're putting your trust and your faith in your physical strength, there will come a day when your body will break down. That is bad courage, but there is good courage, and the good courage is you put it in a sure thing, and the sure thing is I can trust in him. He always comes through. So we got to have good courage. The third thing that I think this teaches us is this. Courage is a prerequisite to blessing. How many of you want to be blessed? All right, four of you. All right. Y'all all want to be blessed, don't you? I want to be blessed. I never read this before. never really realized this before. But according to what I read, courage is a prerequisite to being blessed. How? Because it says, be strong and very courageous so that you will be obedient to my word. And then he, he talks about it like this. I'm going to paraphrase. He says, if you're not careful and you don't have the right courage, what you will do is you will go to the right or you will go to the left. You will veer off of my promises and my commands. And at the moment you veer off, you become disobedient. And how many of you know that cursing always comes after disobedience? obedience. Y'all know that, right? So therefore, blessings follow obedience. So how do I be obedient? I got to be courageous enough to do what God has said for me to do. And then that's how I get blessed. So my question to you this morning is how many of you have not done what God has called you to do and told you to do because you were discouraged and therefore you veered to the right or veered to the left and it's caused you to be cursed rather than blessed? Then I discovered something else. I read it, and it says, don't veer to the right or left, and then I, your ways, you will, you will make your ways prosperous. How many of you want to be prosperous? I want to be prosperous, right? Your prosperity is based on courage. Uh, let me see if I can tie it together. If you don't have courage, you don't obey. So if you have courage and you obey, obey, obedience always produces prosperity. So without courage, I will veer, and not only will I be cursed, I will diminish my prosperity. 
So what God is saying to us is if you want to be prosperous and you want to be blessed and you want God's blessings in your life, then the only way that that's going to happen is is if you have enough courage to walk the path and to stay on the path and when everybody else is veering and everybody else is giving up and everybody else is giving in and everybody else is surrendering and everybody else is throwing in the towel and everybody else is trying everything else, you stay rested and trusting and steadfast on what he said to do. And at that moment, your obedience produces blessing. One man said it correctly. He said, life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. If you're blessed right now, I can tell you how to take your blessing to the next level. Be courageous. Do what he said to do. If you're blessed right now, I can tell you how to lose it. Quit being courageous and veer to the right or left. And as the moment your obedience stops because you had no courage, your blessing will stop. Courage determines our blessing. So how do we get courage? How do we face uncertain times? How do we face uncertain obstacles? How do we face all these trials of life? And how do we get courage and all that? Because somehow, here's a young man that's never led anything, that's never been in charge of anything, that has basically been Moses' butler. He waits on him hand and foot. He's his, he's, here's job description, he's Moses' minister. That means he cleans up after him. He's his maid. And yet now he's going to lead two million people? How does he get enough courage to do that? Let me tell you. Out of this account, I can tell you four things that caused Joshua to have courage. And the good news is, is that if you will allow them, they will produce courage in you too. So the first thing is this. Joshua was able to have courage because he knew that the end was already resolved. I want you got to catch it here. God is speaking to Joshua and he says he says this to them. He says every place upon now this is future every place upon which the sole of your foot shall that's future. You haven't gone there yet. Shall tread and then God must not have understood English very well because he changes tenses. And he says, every place you're going to go walk on, that have I given to you. Hold on, God. It's been a long time since I've been in English class. But I think it should have read, every place that you're going to walk on, I'm going to give that to you. No, he says, I have given. That's past tense. The end is resolved. They hadn't stepped one foot on the promised land, and God is saying, hey, don't worry about it. Before you ever get there, I've already finished the job. We can take courage this morning because our end is resolved. How many of you like the show 24? That's my favorite show. Y'all know about 24, right? 24 is this kind of uh, uh, espionage kind of show where this task force is fighting terrorists, and there's this central character. His name is Jack. Bauer. He's bad. He's the he's the MacGyver of our generation, all right? I mean, in every show, it's peril and impending doom and the world's coming to an end. And in one, one season, even as the season ends, he's dead. And yet at the end of every season, somehow, right at the last moment, by the hair of his chinny-chin-chin and the teeth, skin of his teeth, he pulls through and saves the day, Right? But y'all knew before you started watching the show that he was going to be okay. I know it looked bad, and it looked like he was dead, and there was no hope, and there was no way of escape. But y'all knew before you ever started watching the first show of the season that Jack Bauer was going to save the day. Why? Because if you kill Jack Bauer off the show, the show's not worth watching. It's over. The series ends. I got good news for you this morning. You're Jack Bauer. Your end is resolved. The Bible says it like this. I knew your end from the beginning. We say it, we say it wrong. We, we say that real, real fast. God knows our end from the beginning. But stop it and listen to what you're saying. God knows your end from the beginning. Before you ever even fought one battle, before you ever went into one war, before you ever faced one obstacle, God already resolved it. It's over. It's not over, but it's over. Because, see, your life is being written. You are actually walking through the dramatic parts right now to get to an ending that's already been written. 
It ain't over, but it's over. That ought to give you courage this morning. That regardless of what you see right now, regardless of what you're facing right now, regardless of what everybody says about you right now, that your end has already been resolved and you will be victorious. In fact, you are victorious right now. We're just walking towards our resolved end. Paul said it like this in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. I couldn't be more sure of my ground. The one I've trusted in can take care of what he's trusted me to do right to the end. You will win. You have won. You will overcome. You have overcome. You should take courage this morning over sickness. You should take courage this morning over death. You should take courage this morning over lack. You should take courage this morning over your relationships. You should take courage over every area of your life knowing that your end has already been resolved and you come out on top. Y'all don't seem very excited about that this morning, but it's still true. We win. Has anybody flipped over to the back of the book anytime recently? We win. So we ought to take courage. The second thing that ought to cause us to take courage is this. We have the promise that Joshua had. Joshua received a powerful promise. He received the promise of God's presence. And isn't that the same promise that we have? God gives it to Joshua in this fashion. He says, I will be with you. We used to sing a hymn. I grew up in a church where uh, we'd sing worship courses, but then uh, Brother Cecil would get up and sing a hymn. We used to sing this old hymn, and it's one of my favorites. And I think maybe we miss something sometimes because we don't go back. And there's good theology in these hymns. Maybe we ought to go back and at least read them sometimes because I want you to understand this ought to give us courage. It went like this. What have I to dread? What do I have to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace. Why? With my Lord so near. That's why. His presence is with him, with us so we can say, I'm leaning on everlasting arms. Then we go on and go, leaning, leaning. We were real, you know, brilliant in our words. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarm. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. We can have courage because we are leaning on him. His presence is here. That ought to make us very courageous. Let me ask you some questions this morning. If God be for us, who can be against us? And if nothing can separate us, and we know that he will not leave us or forsake us, then why should we feel alone? And why should we think that any situation is impossible if he's for us? Why should we feel fear? Why should we back down? Let me say some things to you about God this morning that I just want to remind you. Since we're here, let me just remind you some things about God. First of all, our traveling companion is constant. He never takes a day off. He never calls in sick. Oh, I'm sorry. You'll just have to go it on your own today. I just don't feel like getting out of bed. It's kind of gloomy outside. Y'all just have at it. No, no, no. God never calls in sick. In fact, the Bible says that he never sleeps and he never slumbers. He will never fail us. He will never forsake us. He is with us to the ends of the earth. He never says, you know, I just don't want, man, I used to have some power, but I'm kind of out of it now. No, 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 no. Our traveling companion is constant. Then if that's not enough, he goes, you know what? Not only am I with you always, but... Just to make sure, I'll put angels all the way around you so that they'll guard you in your comings and your goings and when you're driving down the road and when you're at the Walmart and when you're at home and when nobody else is with you, there will be angels that will camp out around you just to double check and make sure. And then we want to be afraid. We're promised His presence. Let me, let me say it in sports terms. I may have to explain this one. You can't outkick your coverage. See, I can tell the sports fans in the room and then everybody else that doesn't understand sports look at me like, what are you talking about? This, when a football team lines up to kick the ball off, if the kicker kicks it too far so that, uh, that the, his coverage team doesn't have time to get down there and the 
guy that's catching the kick has enough time to get up a full head of speed. You've outkicked your coverage, and that gives him an opportunity to break a big play. I'm telling you this morning that God is so much with you that you can't ever outkick your coverage. He's always got your back. And so David said it like this, I can make my bed in hell. Come on, think about that a moment, because some of you find yourself there right now. And you ought to have courage this morning because David said, if I make my bed in hell, guess who shows up? Him. The third thing that ought to cause us to have courage is this. Our success isn't based on our success. I want to tell you what, if Joshua's success was based on his own track record, he had none. If Joshua's success was based upon his own successes, he had none. His resume was empty. But God says to him, I will not fail you. In other words, Joshua, your success rate is not going to be based on your abilities or your talents or your giftedness or your strength. Your success rate will be based on my success rate. That ought to encourage us this morning because as strong and as talented and as beautiful and as elegant and as gifted as you are, your success is not based upon your success. Your success is based upon God, that he will not fail us. Have you ever known God to fail? Ever? Have you ever known God to come up short? Have you ever known God to find himself in a situation where he doesn't have enough power? Oh, I used all my power yesterday. Have you ever found out that God didn't have enough provision? Oh, sister so-and-so prayed for provision yesterday, and I used all the cattle on a thousand hills for her. So now that you're asking me, I'm sorry, the bank account is empty. That is not God. Have you ever seen God not have enough strength? The one that spoke with one word and put an entire universe into existence doesn't have enough strength for what's bothering you. Our success rate is not based upon our abilities. Our ability to be victorious is not based on our provision, our power. It is based on his success. And for another sports analogy, he bats a thousand every time. He never strikes out. He never fouls the ball off. He never takes a day out of the game. Every time he comes to the plate, he hits a home run every time. That ought to give us courage. And then last, the fourth reason that we can take courage this morning is because of his sworn word. May I remind you that God says to Joshua, be strong and of good courage, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Can I just remind you some things about God's word? Because I think we confuse God with everybody else we talk to. I want to tell you some things about God's word and about God. Can I remind you of Numbers chapter 23 verse 19, which says this, God is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man, that he should change his mind. God's not going to change his mind about you. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? God's word is sure. What he has said about you will come to pass. God has sworn things about you that will come to pass. And I remind you of Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sin. God's word always carries out his purpose. And so I just want to ask you, what has God promised you? What has God, what has he sworn to you? Has he sworn a, a strong marriage and your marriage is weak? Has he sworn healing and you're sick? Has he sworn provision and you're poor? Has he sworn sick, uh, health to you and you're sick? What, what has God said about you? Because if whatever he said has been spoken out of his mouth, it doesn't matter if it's 10 years ago or 40 years ago. God's word always does what he said it in place 
to do. Some of you have given up on promises. Some of you thought God was like your spouse. Some of you thought God was like your parents. Some of you thought God was like your brother or your sister or your friend, and they never carry out their word. I got news for you. God is not like any of those. God's word is sure. In fact, God says, my word over you is yes and amen. Think about that a moment. He's affirming you. What what I've said about you, yeah, it's yes. Then he goes one step further, and he says, amen. You know what amen means? So be it. Not only does he affirm it, then he comes behind it and says, not only am I saying yes, I'm saying now. Do it. Put action to it. Make it happen. So God's word is sworn to us, and his word never comes up short. Jesus says in John that we should learn to abide in the word. And I understand that he's talking about his written word, but I also think we need to go back and learn to abide in his sworn word. Some of you received promises and words years ago, and I'm telling you, you got to go back to the place where you learn to abide in those things to live in those things, to take up residence in those things, not to dismiss those things, don't doubt those things, don't forget those things, don't discard those things and say, it's too late, my life is over, it's, I've passed it by, it's never going to happen now. It's his sworn word, and he'll bring it to pass. So courage is necessary, and we already have all the promises that we need. That should cause us to take heart. So why would Jesus in John chapter 14 verse 27 say this? He says, it's one of the last things he says to his disciples. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. If we've been promised his presence and our success rate is not based upon our success rate, and we have a sworn word, then why say to us, Jesus, as you're preparing to leave the world, be not afraid? You know why I think he said it? Because I think he knew that life is tough, and I think he knew that there would be days where our hearts would be troubled, and I think he knew that there would be days that we would be discouraged, and he's trying to warn us, to take the steps necessary to keep courage. In fact, I read a, or heard a survey the other day, and I was like, oh, I don't know if that's true. And then the more I thought about it, the more I realized that it is true. It's right on, and it was proven this morning in the first service. I think it will be proven again here. The survey says that 85%, that's, I'm not great with math, but out of every 10 people sitting in here, eight and a half of them, 85% of the people that walk in the doors of the sanctuary are presently in the state of crisis. Think about that a moment. The, the folks that shook your hands and smiled real big this morning, 8 out of 10, behind that smile are facing broken relationships and impossibilities, and they're discouraged, and they're disheartened, and they're downtrodden, and they're dismayed. And they have no courage. Even though they're in this sure, even though they have his presence, even though they are trusting his success rate, and even though they have a sworn word, they're operating in a state of crisis. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Brandon and Jen, everybody on this row, and these three up here, out of those ten, eight and a half of them, as beautiful as they were when they walked in and as nice as they smelled and the gleam in their eye, eight and a half of them in the back of their mind right now going, how in the world am I going to make it through the day? We need courage. Being strong is not enough. We've got to have some courage. I want you to stand with me this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody looking around. This is between me, you, and God. I just want to be able to pray intelligently this morning. You say, Steve, 
I'm one of those eight and a half. I'm facing some really tough times and some impossibilities in my own life. And even though I know my sh- I have a sure end, my end has been resolved, even though I have a, the promise of God's presence, even though I'm basing my success on his success, and even though I have a sworn word, I find myself this morning one of those eight and a half, and I find myself discouraged, dismayed, beaten down, and I need somebody, anybody, to pray. If that's you, would you just quickly raise your hand and pull it right back down? I promise. Yeah, there's one, two, anybody, three. What do you know? The stats right. Four, five. Anybody else? Just a moment. Six. We probably have some folks on the internet right now watching in the privacy of their own bedroom that are at wit's end and don't know what they're going to do. Can I speak life into you this morning and tell you that God is faithful and that God has your best interest at heart and He will come through. If you're one of those people that raised your hand, listen, if you'll have courage and make the right decisions to obey, obey, then He'll make your way prosperous. Father, this morning I pray for every person that raise their hands in this room and on the internet. Father, we know that life is difficult. There's no doubt. We all face trying times. If there was ever a generation, God, that was facing uncertainty, this is it. We're it. And there are moments, as signified by those that raise their hands, there are moments when we're just not sure how we're going to make it. Father, this morning I pray that you would pour in courage into our lives right now. I pray that we would remember once again that our end is already secure, that you've already finished it. When you said it was finished on the cross, you weren't just talking about your life. You were talking about everything that we need from that moment forward is finished. Father, I pray that you'd remind us that you're with us. Man, I ought to be able to take some courage this morning from that simple fact alone right there that I can't get away from you. I cannot escape from you. I'm surrounded by you. You're everywhere and you are watching over me. You're even watching the sparrow. If you're watching the sparrow, then certainly you're watching me. And if I'm stupid and I make my bed in hell, guess what? You show up for me. You're before me and behind me and all around me and I take courage this morning. that you're with me and that you're for me. Now, God, I pray that you begin to stir up some sworn words. I pray that you would remind some folks of what you've said about them. Maybe you said it 10 or 15 years ago. Maybe you said it five years ago. Maybe you said it about them last year. And because of the situations in their lives, they've laid those words down. They've, they've put that word aside and said it can't happen now. God, I pray that you'd remind them right now of your sworn word, that your sworn word always is fulfilled and though it may look hopeless with you nothing is impossible in Jesus name this is what I want us to do how many of you know there are strength in numbers I didn't say there was courage in numbers I said there was strength in numbers I want us all just kind of as a a rallying, a rallying point of strength. We're going to do this to make each other strong, and then we're going to we're going to speak some things over one another that will hopefully produce courage. Because I don't want you just to be strong; I want you to have courage. But strength in numbers. So I want everybody that will, if you will, would you just come and join me right down here? We're just going to spend a moment. We don't do this a whole lot, but I want to do this this morning. Strength in numbers. We're in this thing together. You guys will have to fan out so we can get everybody down. Strengthen them. <laughs> keep coming, keep coming. Y'all make room right here in the front and slide over here if you will. I want to get everybody down. Strengthen numbers. Look around you. We're not in this alone. We're all in this together. People you can count on. But the truth is, we may even let each other down at times. 
We take strength in numbers. We don't take courage in numbers, okay? That's the difference. I want us to do this this morning. I want us to pray together. Some of you are standing next to folks who raised their hands. You don't know they raised their hands because you you honored what I asked you to do. You asked me, I asked you to keep your eyes closed, and you did. But some of you are standing next to folks who are in crisis. You can provide strength for them this morning. So, if you would, would you just take your neighbor's hand? You don't have to know everything about them. We're going to pray for strength first, and then I, the word strength means to be determined. We're going to have strength. We're going to be determined to press through. And then we're going to have courage. We're going to pray about courage here in just a second. We're going to say some things to each other that should produce courage in one another. All right? And out of that, we're going to be determined and strong and courageous. But you don't know whose hand you're holding. Let's pray for strength. Father, right now, we pray for those folks that we're holding hands with. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what crisis they face. But what we do know is that there is strength in numbers. And God, I pray that right now a physical touch, the physical connection with our hands would speak volumes to them to let them know that we're not in this alone and that we've got one another's back. God, I pray that you'd speak strength right now into each individual, every hand that went up and those that didn't that should have. I pray that, Father, in the name of Jesus, right now you would speak strength into their lives. Strengthen them, oh God. Make them determined to keep walking in the path that you've called them to walk. And now, Father, I pray corporately as a body that we would have courage, that we would have good courage. We declare this morning, corporately and individually, that we place our trust in the right place. As much as I love the people I'm standing next to, I don't even put all of my courage and base my courage on them because I know there's an opportunity comes they may let me down so I put my courage in the right place I put my courage in you oh God I put my courage in you so father for whoever walked into this room discouraged I pray that now you would allow them to operate in courage that they would walk out of here with their head held high the situation hasn't changed their circumstances isn't any different what they see with their natural eyes may look just like it's always looked. They may still have to deal with the consequences of their actions and the breakdowns and, and all the things that they're going to have to deal with. But the one thing that has changed is my perspective. And I understand that I don't place my courage in all that. And my success is not based in all that. My courage is based on you. On you. So I speak courage over these folks. In Jesus' name. This is what I want you to do. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and say this. Take heart. Turn to your other neighbor and look at them and say this. Your end is sure. Come on, tell them. Now, let's say it like this. Find another neighbor. Look at somebody. Point them and say, it ain't over, but it's over. Come on, tell them. would you tell somebody this God is with you come on tell them God is with you he's here listen to look at me he is with you even when you're not aware of him even when you've tried to walk away from him by your own accord and by your own decisions can I just tell you this morning let me tell you something you tell your friends right now you're surrounded some of you need to hear that this morning. You are so right. You can't get away from it. As hard as you try. As as oh, I'm going to say it real blunt. As much as you try to screw it up. He's right there going, mm -mm, I got you. I, I'm all the way around you. You can't mess it up that bad because I'm with you. Tell your neighbor, it ain't based on your success rate. Come on, tell him. It ain't based on you. sworn words 
me this morning. I'm trying to, I'm trying to cause something to happen in your spirit right now. Some of you were given words as a baby. Some, some of, nobody's old enough here yet, but some of you were part of churches that dedicated you as children and they spoke words over you. Some of you have parents that spoke words, not their words. Every time I look at my sons and say, you're mighty men of God, that's not my words. That was prophesied. It was prophesied over Talmudgeli that he would destroy the kingdom of darkness. I didn't say that. That was a sworn word. You can't get away from that word, son. That's a word for you. Some of you have sworn words about your, your, your life, about your marriages, about your friends, about your job. You have sworn words. And you can try to lay them down if you want to, but God's word never never y'all do know what never means right never that's what it means in the Greek never means never it never returns void you ought to take heart this morning to know that what he's promised about you regardless of what you see or what you feel will didn't know God swore did you yeah he swore over you father right now I pray that every sworn word would stir up in us I pray that if we've forgotten about it if we dismissed it if we cataloged it away as to one of those things that can never really happen I pray that you would renew that word right now and we would hear you whisper it again in our spirit we're promised you promised and you're only as good as your word, God. And your word is good. So, Father, I pray that you bless my people today. I pray that they would walk out encouraged. If they walked in here discouraged, I pray that in the name of Jesus, they would walk out of here with their head held high. They would be encouraged. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Love on somebody this morning. You're dismissed to leave. been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 